Before you listen to the show today, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any of Mark Lawrence's special shows throughout the year. Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas odds maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're all set to go against the spread on this NFL and college football weekend as we head down the final quarter of the 2020 football season in the National Football League and the college games as we get closer and closer to the upcoming playoffs and college football bowl games. And with that, I want to welcome our co-host Victor King from King Creel Sports into the show. Victor, I hope you had a good week last week, and I know you're looking forward to a good one this week as well. Absolutely, Mark. You know, this is a weird time of the season thanks to the COVID in regards to college football because normally, right now, all we would be talking about would be like, hey, who won the Army-Navy game over the weekend? And I know you and I would be knee-deep right now working on our uh, playbook bowl stat report. That's usually what we've been doing at this time of the year. And, of course, that's not the case with the COVID. We're still in the regular season. we still got conference championship games coming up. Uh, I do want to congratulate Mark on this fantastic play he had in the NFL over the weekend. His false favorite game of the year from the database was on the Cleveland Browns. And, of course, the false favorite basically means that Mark considers this underdog to be worthy of being the favorite in this particular game. And what a great call that was, Mark. I got to tell you, what Cleveland got out to that big lead. They were winning, what, 38-7 to at half over the Tennessee Titans. They never looked back. It looked a little close at the end, but the outcome was never in doubt. So congratulations on that fantastic best bet on the Cleveland Browns. And, of course, in college football, a couple of Saturday winners on TCU and on Coastal Carolina, plus the points against previously unbeaten BYU. Nice job. Well, I appreciate that, Victor. Thank you very much. And as long as the dogs are barking, we're happy here in the Playbook family for sure. I know it's been that case much more so in the world. The NFL, we'll talk about that in just a moment here before we get to that. But I want to say this, that uh, the one thing that I did learn on the college football card this past weekend is this, is that with the upcoming college football playoffs looming and the rescheduling of college football games because of the COVID, we've got ourselves into a chaotic situation. And it starts with the Big Ten and the fact that the ADs are meeting today on Wednesday when we do the podcast as we speak to decide whether or not they're going to rearrange the rules of the minimum qualifications for teams in the Big Ten to play six games to qualify for the Big Ten championship. Uh, I'm going to guess that they're going to do just that. They're going to rearrange those rules, if for no other reason, because it will be, be done in the name of money. And money is what drives these football teams. Money is what drives the Big Ten Conference. And if there's any possibility whatsoever that Ohio State will not be in the college football playoff, it will cost the big time dearly in the form of the cash register. So uh, we can look for that change to occur. I'm going to go on record as saying I believe they will. 
Uh, we know that the ACC did just the same in the Notre Dame Clemson championship game. They've opted to give them a week off uh, out of next week's games if they decide to do just that. The SEC said no to that particular rule. So uh, what it tells me is that we have to be we have to be able to prepare for what's being put in front of us on a continual daily basis, handicapping this 2020 COVID world of football. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in the National Football League side of things. But it tells me that is exactly what the case is. And uh, I was telling, talking to Victor before the show about how difficult it is putting our newsletter together each week because of all the scheduling changes and uh, the games that are being postponed at the very last minute. We don't know what schedule rotations are. Don Best doesn't even print schedule books anymore. So uh, we're being put and tried to the max. But uh, as much as we might want to whine and complain while it's happening, the fact of the matter is we'll take it because they are playing football games these days. So, you know, that's what I basically learned. Uh, we'll take what they're giving us, despite the fact that we don't like it in the world of college football. Uh, I also want to hit on, Victor, the fact that the uh, the college football playoff rankings came out, and no drama in the college football rankings for the first time almost ever, uh, just given the fact that the same four teams are the same identical four teams that they've been three weeks in a row now. And it had never, ever happened that the same four teams had occurred in the same slot out of the beginning of the opening rankings. And here it is three weeks in a row that it's occurred right now as we speak. And, uh, you know, maybe there was a change or two, uh, some some power five teams that maybe slid down the pole and a couple of other teams benefited because of that. But all in all, really nothing to talk about as far as the college football playoff ranking goes, other than the fact that the question is, will we see Ohio State in the final college football playoff games. Your question or comment, Victor, on that and those subjects that I just hit on. In regards to what the large conferences are doing and changing the rules, I I still don't know how I feel about it, but there is a problem, in my opinion, with playing the favorites. You mentioned the ACC has already basically done the deed. They uh, gamed their own system to alleviate stress on their best football programs basically declaring the regular season over on Saturday for Notre Dame and Clemson so that they could have a week of rest heading into the ACC championship game. And, of course, for the rest of the teams in the league, they basically told them to slog onward, churning out basic TV inventory because those teams don't matter as much. So, again, I don't know how I feel about this playing favorites uh, in the – Big Ten, of course, you mentioned they're ready to pull their own little legislative switcheroo to enhance the playoff chances of Ohio State. So they're attempting to potentially game their own system as well. And that's not going to go over very well for a program like the Indiana Hoosiers, where they're, what, 6-1 and one on the season, having their best season in more than half a century. I know they lost by a touchdown to Ohio State. But Indiana has avoided any COVID problems. They've answered the bell every freaking week. They've played every game as scheduled, and there should be something to say for that in a pandemic-altered season. Uh, Changing the rules to benefit the Buckeyes and in the process taking a possible Big Ten title away from a school that last won in 1967, to me, would be the apex of what I call blue blood privilege. So I don't know how I feel about the conferences changing the rules, but something that's just not right there. Yeah, I agree with you, Victor. Again, it's all, I think, being done in the name of money. 
And uh, that's what the driving force happens to be, especially in the world of college football, where the fans are not allowed in attendance, same as the National Football League. And uh, we'll see just exactly how they go about that approach. And as I mentioned to you earlier, Victor, also the college football bowl pairings will be announced here probably within the next week to 10 days or so. And it will not surprise me one bit if teams are paired in college bowl games that will end up having a COVID and cancel out because of the situations and they'll be scurrying, looking for replacement teams in bowl oh, games. Yeah, that's <laughs> sort of what the what the ugliness that's of the picture is all about. That's what we have to look forward to, right? <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> so the bottom line to this whole conversation is, whatever handicap you do, make sure it's not set in stone because nothing is going to be set in stone this 2020 college football season. Just given the fact and the point that this will be the first time the Ohio State-Michigan game will not be played since World War One. Uh, because of all of what's going on here. And uh, it also goes to a conversation Victor and I had before the show that when we put this week's newsletter together here, uh, we did our write-ups in all the games, and we had a rather lengthy write-up on the Ohio State-Michigan game. And then lo and behold, as we're getting ready to send it to the uh, to press, the game gets canceled. So we decided to keep the write-up in the game nonetheless, just uh, to share some interesting go. stats and facts and information. So. When you get this week's playbook newsletter, you'll like what you see because there might be some games that are canceled, but you'll still be reading about them nonetheless. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, let's shift over to the National Football League side of things where uh, I'm going to say this, Victor, uh, before I turn it over to you because I'm going to get a recap from you about how things are shaking out in the NFL, especially from a favorite dog standpoint this year. But what I've learned this 2020 NFL football season is related a lot to what I just talked about in college football. And it's the continual changing of the schedules of the National Football League where it's even being uh, affected by the COVID. And to the point where it got me to thinking, we're seeing these teams that are playing games on being pushed to Mondays out of a regular scheduled slot, being pushed to Tuesday, being pushed to Wednesday and what sort of an effect it has on these football teams. So what I've done is I created a, a, a set in my database to look at these six NFL games that have been rescheduled thus far this season that have affected teams that, are, that were forced to either play their games on an, a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday throughout this football season. And while we've only had those six games, and it's maybe a little bit early to ascertain exactly what to expect from situations like this, we can see trends developing. And let me share these with you, that uh, of the six NFL rescheduled games so far we've seen this season here, when a team beat another team earlier this season, they do not show up in these rescheduled games because of the body clock being off, the rescheduling and so forth, the whatnot. I beat you once. I know I can beat you again, but I don't do that. Those teams are one and five to the spread. If they are facing an opponent, they beat the previous time. They're also just three and five to the spread overall their next football game. But the, the two ugly spots are when they are home off a straight-up and point spread loss. These teams are 0-3 against the spread, these rescheduled football teams. You'll have two of them playing on the football card uh, this weekend. And you've also find out that teams in non-division games are just 1-3 and three straight up and against the spread. While, like I say, this is an emerging situation here, and we'll find out whether or not these trends evolve, we'll keep a close eye on these football teams as they come out of rescheduled games. One of the teams that is on the bad list is the Pittsburgh Steelers this week, the Dallas Cowboys also. But the bottom line here is that in the Pittsburgh game, 
we only have a minimal amount of results, three of them, and they failed all three times. But in the Pittsburgh case, I think a person has to step back and look at the situation at hand. Dallas is completely going next to nowhere. The Pittsburgh Steelers still hold down the number one seed in the AFC conference uh, because of their undefeated record in the AFC conference. Now, are they going to lay down this week against the Buffalo Bills? I highly doubt it. And what do we see in the Buffalo Bill-Pittsburgh game? A huge anticipation of a letdown by Pittsburgh because of a bubble burst situation. Pittsburgh opened up the two-and-a-half-point favorite in the game, and as we do the podcast on Wednesday, they're now the two-and-a-half-point underdog in the game. That's a huge five-point swing uh, favoring the Pittsburgh Steelers in the situation. So everything is not set in stone. We're not automatically knee-jerk and play against Pittsburgh. And in fact, I think the value of the game gets me to the Pittsburgh Steelers side of the football game. So those are just my comments in passing on what I've learned so far in the National Football League, especially out of their rescheduled games last week. I know I went a little bit long on that, Victor, but I want to hand it over to you, if I could, to find out what is happening in the National Football League this year as far as the favorites, dogs, and over-under total shaking out. Number one, what I've learned is every day I look at the NFL standings, I feel like I've woken up in some sort of alternate reality, alternate universe, a different earth. When I have to look up in the standings and see, like, Buffalo Bills 9-3, and three, or Cleveland Browns 9-3, and three, or even down here in South Florida, Miami Dolphins 8-4. and four. So I wonder what reality have I woken up in when I see things like that in the NFL. And it's, uh, it's nice seeing teams that have been doormats for so long doing well in the NFL. And uh, that's definitely the bottom line. And, of course, we've talked about it all season long. But in the NFL this season, Mark, it has been one big pooch parade. And I am talking about the underdogs. Another week for the doggies last week. They went 9-6 and six against the spread overall in pro football, including road underdogs, went 8-3 and three last week. Very, very well. On the season now, underdogs on the blind, that means in any situation, are hitting at 59% in the NFL, 109 77 and two against the spread. That's a sample size of 208 games, and underdogs are hitting 59% across the board. If you're not betting the dogs this season in the NFL, uh, your bankroll is getting very, very thin. As I've done in the last uh, couple podcasts, Marks, the best road situation for underdogs this year has been 30 and 15 against the spread for road dogs versus any opponent off a loss. And those numbers improved to 23-8 and eight against the spread. That's 74% for all non-division dogs. And there are three of those dogs going this week in that 74% situation. That would be Minnesota plus the points against Tampa, Denver plus the points against Carolina, and finally the Jets plus the points against Seattle. And the best home dog situation this season in the NFL has been 17-6 and six this year. For all home dogs versus any opponent coming in off back-to-back wins. And there are three of those home dogs going this week. Detroit plus the points against Green Bay. Miami down here in South Florida plus the points against Kansas City. And finally, Philadelphia plus the points uh, in their game this week as well. So again, in the NFL, one big pooch parade. Uh, For comparison purposes, let me just throw this out. It's been a fantastic season for dogs in the NFL, as I just mentioned. But guess what? Over-under results, man, oh, man, we're right 
down the middle. Last week was the fourth consecutive week in which we had more unders than overs. And in fact, in the season in the NFL right now, we are at 94 overs, 95 unders, three ties. We're basically starting from scratch. Wow, unbelievable. I would say tip of the hat to the odds makers. Yes. Done a great job that he's done as far as the National Football League totals, totals go. He right, just, right. Yes, he, he can't quite even out the books as far as favorites and dogs go. But then again, the season's far from over in that sense. And you're talking about being far from over here. A little recap of where the teams stand in the National Football League playoffs heading into this weekend. The number one seeds be Pittsburgh and New Orleans. Pittsburgh still retains that edge over Kansas City. Both have identical records, but Pittsburgh holds the edge because they're 8-0 in conference play this year. The number two seeds, Kansas City and Green Bay. Number three seeds, Buffalo and the LA Rams, followed by the number four seeds being Tennessee and the New York Giants. Then it's number five slot to Cleveland and Seattle. Number six, Miami and Tampa Bay. Number seven, Indianapolis and Minnesota. With Las Vegas and Arizona at the eighth slot, Baltimore, Chicago, nine, and New England, Detroit, ten. And I would say my observation here, Victor, is if any team out of the AFC falls out of this top seven where they need to be to make the playoffs, my guess is it will might be and probably will be the Miami Dolphins. And the reason I'm saying that is not so much that we live down here and you know we're not enthralled with Tua and what he's done so far, although they're winning football games, just not in... In, in the fashion which they should be because of the statistics they put up. But if you look at Miami's schedule moving forward here, their four final football games are against Kansas City and New England at home, and then they go to Vegas and they go to Buffalo to close out the season here. Those are four pretty tough football games for the Miami Dolphins, and I just don't feel they'll live up to the task and will eventually lose out to either the number nine-seeded Baltimore Ravens or possibly Las Vegas. That game with Miami and Las Vegas on week 15 will be a huge game for both of those football teams, obviously. A quick note here with uh, a little bit of a note that uh, we talked with, uh, got an email from our good friend Jeff Kabasiak, and he was talking about uh, the resources that uh, the National Football League has had to use and the effects of playing those games on Tuesday and Wednesday. I want to mention here that when I did that study, I did it because Jeff sent me the email, and that's what led me to breaking down the teams in the National Football League and how the reactions and what they played like afterwards. So tip of the hat to Jeff on that great thought in the email that he sent. And also our good friend, the Texas Tornado, sends a shout out about the league's or the team's most embarrassed team playing on the football card this week. And I think that's a hands down, no doubt about it case for the Los Angeles Chargers, who were blanked 45 to nothing at home last week. Uh, And uh, what the Texas Tornado points out is if you look at these, the line in this game, uh, what it was in April for the Los Angeles Chargers against Atlanta as opposed to what it is now. The Chargers opened up as five-point favorites in April before the season began. Now they're dressing up as a home dog in the game of uh, two-and-a-half points. That's a seven-and-a-half-point value to the Chargers on the NFL's most embarrassed teamless play this week. Don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor and I, we're going to tear apart our NFL football game of the week. we got a dandy inside the NFC Conference. We'll also hop out to Las Vegas to get the Vegas vibe from our good friend Andy Esco. That and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Only the Playbook Experts VIP Experience offers We Pay the Juice, Conflict Game Notices, Tokens Bonuses, SMS Alerts, and Genius Game Alerts. 
It's the only customer experience of its kind. To find out more about becoming a Playbook Experts VIP, log on today at playbook.com or call toll-free for more information at 1-800-PLAYBOOK. Become a VIP this football season with your Playbook Experts VIP membership. All new Playbooks tokens are here. Only at Playbook.com can you earn rewards and get up to $100 in free Playbucks tokens to use as you choose. And with your Playbucks tokens, you can use them for Playbook Experts picks and selections. Plus, you earn 20% in free bonus tokens when you do. If you haven't got your $100 in free Playbucks tokens, do so now. Simply visit Playbook.com and click on the Tokens link. It's that easy. That's the all-new Playbucks tokens waiting for you at Playbook.com. You're tuned into Mark Lawrence against the spread. And now, let's throw it back to Mark. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we go against the spread on his college and pro football card for the upcoming weekend. And with that, it's time for our NFL featured game of the week. And we've got a dandy on tap in the NFC football conference in a matchup of two teams that would be the number six and number seven seeds. Should the playoffs begin this weekend, we're talking about the Tampa Bay Bucks playing host of Minnesota. Victor, how do you see the Bucks and Minnesota game shaking out this Sunday? I like this game. I'm glad we chose it for our game this week. Uh, before I get into my write-up, uh, I got a quick little quiz for you, Mark, and we'll reveal the answers here at the end of the podcast. But, you know, we've talked in the past about uh, winning teams in the NFL who have been outscored in the season. And despite the fact that the Browns are 9-3, and th- Three of the Cleveland Browns, they've still been outscored in the season. They've scored 306. They've allowed 321 despite that 9-3 and three record. The question I'm going to ask is there are two losing teams in the NFL this season, teams under 500, that have scored more points than they have allowed, perhaps suggesting that these teams are more indicative of a 500 record or even a winning record. And we'll ask Mark to mention one or two of those teams and reveal the results at the end of the show. Again, we're looking for the two teams in the NFL, two losing teams who have actually scored more points than they have allowed on the season. But with that said, let's get into the Vikings-Bucks game. And this may be one of the only NFL games this weekend in which I bet the over. And I am going to be betting the over in this particular game that opened at 51.5 points. On uh, Monday night, it hasn't moved as we're recording the podcast here. On Wednesday morning, it is still at a rock-solid 51-and-a-half with Minnesota and Tampa Bay, a Minnesota team that has gone 8-3-1 and one now over-under on the season. The Bucks are trending over lately as well. They are now 7-5 and over-under on the season. And one thing about this particular game is that these teams are not strangers to high-scoring results as of late, as they have both totaled 51 or more points in each of their last three games. Minnesota averaging 55 points per game, Tampa 57 points per game. We know the Buccaneers are a little bit hot. They're steaming a little bit off that loss as they come in as a very pissed-off team after their bye week. And our very first database query tells us that in the NFC conference, non-division home teams after their bye week have actually gone a perfect 11-0 and to the over in the last five seasons. Not only that, but the average margin in these games has been, quite frankly, overwhelming. More than two full TDs per game. 
these games have gone over by plus 15.2 points per game. And the Buccaneers are in the middle of a three games in a row at home stretch. Third straight home game in a row for the Bucs, who, of course, lost the previous two contests versus the Chiefs and the Rams. And here's an 8-0 and over under out of our database. All favorites in their third straight home game if they lost those first two games. When the over-under line is 44 or more, that applies to Tampa Bay in the game. And I also ran a query for late-season NFL games with a high over-under line, and this one definitely classifies at 51.5 points. And the, the results look pretty good for the over-betters. Game 13 or greater, non-division games, home team favored by three or more, with a high over-under line of greater than 49 points. The games have gone 15-3 and three over-under going back to the 2012 season. And uh, on the Minnesota side here, there's quite the large line swing for the visiting Vikings. You know, they were double-digit favorites last week against Jacksonville, and they're going to pretty sizable dogs this week. The last time I looked, they were, what, plus 6.5, uh, in some cases even plus 7. But here's another 14-2 and over-under from our database. NFL Road Dogs of greater than 6 points who were double-digit home favorites the previous week and of course that applies to the Vikings so most of our pertinent uh, situations out of the database suggest this game will be a little higher scoring than people anticipate and that's the way I'm going as well at the number of 51 and a half mark we'll be playing the Vikings and the Bucks over the total Victor goes over the total in the Minnesota Tampa game for his side in that key NFC playoff positional football game on Sunday and taking a look at the contest here, you've got a Minnesota Viking football team that is now taking to the road after three consecutive home games in a row. It's a team in Minnesota that's really battled, if you will, to scratch and claw and get back up to the 500 on the football season, but they've done just that. The last time Minnesota faced a winning team going back on their schedule was six weeks ago when they visited the Green Bay Packers. They're coming in here this year, though, at 4-0 to the spread in the games they played against opponents that have a winning record at the time they play the football games. Minnesota also 12-3 straight up, 10-4-1 to the spread in games when going up against the NFC South. 6-1 to the spread is a dog, by the way, in those particular football contests. And if you read the Playbook Football Newsletter, if you're an avid reader, you also know about the great success of Mike Zimmer in non-division football games. As we mentioned, the Minnesota Vikings hold down the number seven spot in the NFC current playoff race to the playoffs. The Tampa Bay Bucks come in holding the number six seed in that particular battle. So this should be a game played at playoff-like atmosphere in this football contest. Interesting to note that the Tampa Bay Bucks win they're placing or playing winning teams this football season. They're just two and four straight up in those games. The Bucks have really kind of beat up on the bad teams and struggled against the winning football teams. Not that Minnesota is a winning team. They're only six and six, so they technically don't qualify, but we're talking about two playoff teams here that have potential to make the playoffs each of these two football teams. Tampa Bay comes in with a week of rest in the football game. That hasn't helped them all that much in the regular season. They're 0-4 to the spread playing with a week of rest is Tampa Bay. But more importantly, in our quarterback league database, Tom Brady in his career in the National Football League 
when he's played with rest during the regular season, he's been pretty good. He's 16-4 and four straight up, 12-7-1 to the spread in the role he'll be in on Sunday. But at home, Tom Brady with rest in the regular season, just 2-5-1 and one against the spread. And when favored by more than four points, 0-4 oh against the spread in this role. I'm going to grab the points with the Minnesota Vikings in this football game. I don't feel Tampa Bay is for real this football season. Not that Minnesota is, but I think Tampa Bay is still an overrated commodity being priced uh, according to the, what happened, bringing Tom Brady onto the program here. And I think at point spread ranges, they end up becoming fade material, which I think they are on Sunday when you're talking about laying a touchdown to a hungry opponent that's an underdog battling for a playoff position. I'll take the points with Minnesota for my side in the football game. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, let's hop out to Las Vegas now for one of our favorite segments on the show. To join in with our good friend Andy Isco to get the Vegas vibe and find out what's going on in Las Vegas as we speak. And Andy, I do know one thing. I understand the weather is quite nice in Vegas these days. Well, Mark, you're absolutely correct. The last few days we've been ooh, 10 or 12 degrees above normal as far as our uh, temperatures go. But the number is now 232. The number of days that we have gone without any measurable or traceable rainfall at McCarran Airport, the main weathering, uh, main weather station here in Las Vegas for uh, record purposes. Uh, April 15th was the last time there was measurable uh, rainfall in Las Vegas. So uh, we certainly could use oh. a little bit of, uh, of precipitation, but in the meantime, we're enjoying, enjoying these very mild temperatures. Well, nice to be in good weather. We're in just that here down here in South Florida. We're going through a cool spell right now as we speak, Andy. It was down in the 40s last night and uh, high today in the 50s or low 60s. In a day or two, we'll be back to where we're supposed to be with our highs in the mid-70s or lower 80s. So good weather for you, good weather for us, and hopefully good football games on tap this weekend. I'm talking with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com, publisher of one of the finest football newsletters in the country. If you haven't done so yet, log on to TheLogicalApproach.com to download a copy of this week's football newsletter. You're going to be glad you did. TheLogicalApproach.com to get Andy's weekly football newsletter. And with that, Andy, I know we're getting closer and closer to the finish line in the big contest in Las Vegas as we speak here, as well as the season winds down. How are we looking right now at the two major contests in Vegas, both at the Westgate and the Circa? If you would do the honors and bring an update to our listeners, I know they would be really appreciated. Well, I certainly shall, Mark. I do want to uh, mention one thing that you may have noted in that game between Tampa Bay and Minnesota, and that is uh, uh, with uh, Minnesota 6-6, six and six, Tampa Bay 7-5. and five, uh, Those are the final two wildcard spots, so this game has t- significant tiebreaker implications uh, come the end of the season with uh, seven teams now making the playoffs rather than six. So should be an entertaining game that you and Victor have uh, uh, both talked about. Uh, as far as the contests go, uh, for the Westgate Super Contest and Super Contest Gold, uh, I've been unable to access, uh, just as of a few minutes ago, the updated standings uh, through Week 13. The reason being is that unlike the Circa Million Contest, uh, which I'll get to in a moment, uh, the Westgate does include games that are played on Tuesday. So the Dallas-Baltimore uh, game from Tuesday night uh, will be included in the updated uh, selections, that uh, the updated standings, rather, that will be published sometime later on uh, this afternoon. So all I can report on for last week in those two contests is the performance of the consensus selections. 
wins in the Super Contest Classic. Uh, the consensus went four and one last week. Uh, they are now 32, 34, and one on the season. The number one selection, however, did not succeed. The San Francisco 49ers were the number one selection. I'll have more about that game in a moment. Uh, for the season now, the number one selection in the Super Contest Classic uh, Contest, the number one weekly selection, 5-6-1 on the season. For the Super Contest Gold, uh, there were two selections tied for fifth most popular, so a total of six plays in the consensus last week. They went 3-3, three and three, bringing the Super Contest Gold, that's the winner-take-all of $360,000 first place prize, $5,000 entry fee, 72 contestants this year, 36 30 and 1, total of 67 selections over the uh, 13 weeks. Number one selection in that contest, Super Contest Gold, also San Francisco, which uh, did not cover the spread. Uh, for the year, however, the top consensus play in the Super Contest Gold, 7, 5, and 1 ATS. Now, I mentioned the San Francisco selection in that contest because there was a significant variation. We, ver we rarely see huge differences in the contest lines between the Circa Million and the Super Contest Classic, and we had a pretty good idea going into the weekend that San Francisco would be the number one selection in the Super Contest uh, uh, Classic and Gold. The line for that game had Buffalo a two-and-a-half-point favorite over San Francisco, which was the line early in the week when the, select, when the contest lines were released last Wednesday. By Thursday morning, the line had gone down to pretty much a pick'em, which is when the Circa released its uh, lines for Week 13. In that contest, the game between Buffalo and the 49ers was a pick'em. So we did not expect much support for San Francisco, given that that line was right at where the actual betting line was when the uh, selections came out and when they were due to be put in. Uh, and in fact... Buffalo was actually one of the top selections of the five top plays in the Circa Million contest, uh, contest last week, which contributed to an outstanding 5-0 sweep for the top five selections in the Circa Million. The number one selection uh, was the L.A. Rams with their rather easy, or uh, certainly easier-than-expected victory in Arizona. For the season, the Circa Million 34 and 31 for the top five selections uh, each week. Seven and six for the number one selection. Uh, the fourth quarter uh, competition got underway for the quarter, four, fourth and final quarterly prize. And last week at the Circa, 177 contestants were a perfect 5-0 and heading into the second week of the fourth quarter contest. The leader overall in the contest, one contestant has 45 out of a possible 65 points. You get one point for a point spread cover, half a point for a point spread push. So 45 out of a possible 65, that equates to a 69.2% uh, winning percentage. However, that's only good enough for a half game or half point lead over two contestants tied for second at 44 and a half points, two contestants one half further uh, back, one half point further back with 44 points. And it's a pretty steady half point increments that uh, the contestants decrease beyond that. A total of 42 contestants, however, are within five points of the overall lead. Uh, they uh, That would be a total of 40 out of the 65, which equates to a 60 0.8, just under 61% uh, winning percentage. 87 contestants overall are at 60%.
percent or or better. By the way, the fifty uh, the fifty six percent are fifty six of the contestants are in the money. Sixty one percent. That's uh, also the uh, winning percentage to be in cashing position. The contest pays the top fifty and ties overall at sixty percent, which would be thirty nine points out of sixty five. 87 contestants, so you're hitting 60% in the Circa Million. Uh, you are not quite there for cashing. You need to uh, move up a little bit uh, a little bit more a half point as of right now. Now we get to the Circus Survivor Contest. That carries the $1,000 entry fee. A winner take all. You pick uh, a winner each week. Of course, we had that extra week comprised of the uh, ultimately f uh, two games that were played on Thanksgiving Day. 1,390 contestants entered the contest. That's a prize pool of $1.39 million. Uh, following the full Thanksgiving Day weekend, there were 105 contestants uh, still remaining in the competition. 89 of those contestants uh, won on uh, this past weekend. Uh, the big play in that uh, contest was the Minnesota Vikings, who gave those contestants a real scare for a good portion of that game before uh, besting Jacksonville in uh, in overtime. Uh, there were 14 contestants who lost and are eliminated from the contest, and, and I guess, uh, and fortunately, it's unfortunately, it's somewhat of a surprise because you wouldn't think it would be. Nobody missed the, submitting a selection last week, so all uh, all the contestants, or 103, rather, that were alive last week, not 105. I apologize for that. Uh, the uh, 14 contestants who were eliminated. Twelve of them were eliminated with Seattle's upset at the hands of the New York Giants. Two were eliminated on uh, Monday night when Pittsburgh was also upset uh, at home by Washington. So the two uh, leaders, the co-leaders of the NFC East, Washington and the New York Giants, were responsible for eliminating the uh, 14 people who fell by the wayside this past week. Andy Isco with an update of exactly what's going on in Vegas this week at the Superbook at the Westgate, and also the Circa Million Contest, where I'm getting closer and closer down to the stretch run. A lot of money to be changing hands, for sure, between now and the end of the football season. We're visiting with Andy Esco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. And Andy, if you would, I know our listeners would like to know what you saw in Vegas as far as the look-ahead lines that Jay Cornegay sends out each week on the National Football League card for next week's games. Well, I have that and also a few updates on uh, – and again, I can't stress enough how, how valuable a guide this is when they put out those advanced lines and then we see the games played prior to the playing of the advanced line games – what adjustments the books actually make? We, For many years, we've always said, well, I think the, the book may have adjusted two or three points or didn't make an adjustment. We get to follow that now as we have for the past five or six years. And, for example, starting with the uh, Thursday night game uh, between the Patriots and the Rams uh, in Los Angeles, the look-ahead line a week ago Tuesday uh, had the Rams six-and-a-half-point home favorites. Now, based on their winning in Arizona and New England's crushing of the L.A. Chargers, the Rams actually came down, and when that line was reposted Sunday afternoon, the Rams were down to a five-point home favorite. Interesting line between Houston and uh, Chicago. Houston fell at home to uh, Indianapolis. That was not an upset. Chicago fell at home to Detroit. That was an upset. The advanced line had the Houston Texans a one-and-a-half-point road favorite. However, when the line was reposted Sunday afternoon, Houston was made a three-point road favorite, so a point-and-a-half adjustment. However, the line move said that uh, maybe that advanced line was correct because the Houston Texans, as of uh, uh, this podcast, backed down to a one-and-a-half-point uh, road favorite. 
Another interesting game involving the actually involves the Chargers, who are on the wrong end of that 45-0 beatdown with the Patriots. Uh, they host the Atlanta Falcons this week. And uh, with two non-contending teams, the advance line for this game was a pick'em. However, following the results where Atlanta was relatively competitive in their 21-16 loss to New Orleans, and the Chargers... Uh, uh, with just horrible special teams play and uh, basically all around uh, losing uh, badly, uh, 45-0. Atlanta installed and remains a two-and-a-half-point road favorite, so a fairly significant move at this late stage of the season. Uh, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers at uh, Buffalo on Sunday night, uh, prior to uh, the play of this game, Pittsburgh opened and remained a two-and-a-half-point road favorite before the game was taken off the boards. Uh, when the game was reposted on a Monday morning after, uh, uh, excuse me, yeah, yeah, Monday morning after uh, uh, assessing the the neither team in action until Monday, Pittsburgh opened a one and a half point favorite. However, after both Pittsburgh and Buffalo played on Monday night, Pittsburgh losing to Washington, Buffalo winning at San Francisco. That game was reposted at Pickham, and then the movement was very steady. Two-and-a-half-point favorite now for Buffalo, so an overall swing of five points. Two-and-a-half of it related to the action on the field. The other two-and-a-half related to the reaction to the posting of the adjusted line. So those are the key moves from the, uh, or key adjustments. I don't want to call them moves, adjustments, because they're really based on taking the line off, reassessing the action, and posting up the new number. Looking up ahead to week 15, the third week from the end of the season, the games on Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday, in addition to the Monday night game next week. The uh, Los, uh, Los Angeles Chargers will be at the Las Vegas Raiders, and our hometown team, the Raiders, a three-and-a-half-point home favorite next Thursday. On Saturday, Green Bay will host Carolina. Green Bay, a nine-and-a-half-point home favorite. The later game that afternoon, excuse me, actually they have this in the different time order. The Green Bay game is actually 5.15 Pacific time on Saturday. The Buffalo-Denver game is at 1.30 Pacific, even though it's listed later in the rotation. Denver hosting Buffalo. Buffalo, a five-point road favorite. Getting to the action for Sunday, December 20th, Indianapolis favored by six and a half at home against the Houston Texans. Uh, this is the second of almost back-to-back -back games uh, prior to the game at uh, uh, this this past uh, this past week at Houston. And Indianapolis, of course, plays uh, this current week in the uh, in-between game. They'll be facing Houston again. Remember, Houston was in a uh, excuse me, Indianapolis was in a similar situation uh, a few weeks ago when they played Tennessee uh, two out of three weeks with the game in between those two. Uh, Indianapolis, a six and a half point home favorite over Houston. Tennessee favored by eight and a half at home over the Detroit Lions. Los Angeles Rams, 13 and a half point home favorites over the New York Jets. Tampa Bay on the road, favored by one and a half at Atlanta. Miami, a three point home favorite over New England. Seattle, also a three point favorite, this time on the road at Washington. Minnesota, a six-and-a-half-point home favorite over division rival Chicago. Baltimore, a big 11-point home favorite over Jacksonville. The Cleveland Browns favored by three at the New York Giants. The Arizona Cardinals at home favored by six-and-a-half over Philadelphia. Kansas City will be at New Orleans. Is this a Super Bowl preview? Perhaps. Nonetheless, Kansas City, a three-point road favorite at New Orleans. San Francisco will be at Dallas. And this is a two-and-a-half-point favorite for San Francisco. 
at uh, in a game at Dallas. That is the scheduled Sunday night game for Week 15. And then Monday night, Pittsburgh will be at Cincinnati in an AFC North uh, rematch, and the Pittsburgh Steelers favored by 11.5 on the road to complete the action for Week 15. Andy Isco with the look-ahead lines for the National Football League for next week's games, along with some tweaks and adjustments from previous look-ahead lines pertaining to this week's card. And talking about this week's card, Andy, I know our listeners would love to know what you've got on tap for your complimentary play on the show this week as well. Well, after looking brilliant with uh, the pick on the Chargers last week, which looked great up <laughs> until kickoff, uh, I'm going to dip into a... a, a uh, Victor's pool right now and go with a total this week. And I'm going to look at the game between the Arizona Cardinals and the New York Giants, a key game for both teams. Arizona starting to see their wild card chances slip away. The New York Giants, of course, looking to uh, take control of the NFC East, where they at 5-7 and seven, are tied with Washington. However, by virtue of sweeping uh, the Washington football team, the Giants do hold the tiebreaker as these teams play their final uh, four games of the season. Uh, the win this past week at Seattle gave the Giants fourth straight four straight wins. Uh, in contrast, Arizona's now lost three straight, no longer controlling its own wild card destiny as they are on the outside uh, looking in. Uh, New York's defense uh, has shown steady improvement over the past month and is now the strength of the team. Uh, the offense continues to be somewhat pedestrian, although the running game has been a strength over the uh, last month, gaining over 140 yards in those four straight wins. Ball control tends to keep the defense off the field, lessening the number of possessions and therefore lessening the number of scoring opportunities. It's also an excellent way to control the game flow in what should be considered a letdown spot for the Giants coming off of that uh, big win facing an Arizona team. Uh, that has struggled offensively over the uh, past few weeks following their very sharp start to the uh, to the season. Uh, Giants uh, this year are eight three and one to the under, including three and one uh, three and one to the under in their last four games. Nine of their twelve games have produced fewer than forty five total points, and in fact, of the other three, one produced exactly forty five, another forty eight, and then that one shootout against Dallas. Uh, produce 71 points. Now, Arizona is 7-4-1 and one to the under, although although their games have been higher scoring than those who, that have been played by the Giants. And in fact, the Giants' average total points scored per game, 41.3, ranks dead last in the NFL, even below the total points scored in games involving Miami and total points uh, involved in games uh, involved in games with Chicago, so uh, two teams that also have been playing in relatively low-scoring games. So I think at 45, the total is a bit high for me concerned as far as what the Giants have been playing uh, really throughout the season, looking more at the Arizona offense and to a lesser extent to their defense, which has also been a bit vulnerable, but they're going up against the Giants offense that doesn't really make flashy plays. Uh, we still don't know about Daniel Jones, although the thought right now is Colt McCoy uh, will get the start. But uh, irrespective of who starts, uh, the Giants' just overall success in the last month with the running game suggests that this will be a game where the clock moves continuously. Andy Isco looking at the total in the New York Giants-Arizona Cardinal football game to go under the total for his complimentary play on the football show this week. Andy, once again, a great job on the show. As always, I'm going to hope two things for you this week. One, your football fortunes continue to work well in your favor. And two, that the weather in Vegas continues to prosper. 
Mark, I would say a number three should be that we do get some rain. In fact, it's very it's very weird looking at the mountains, uh, you know, Mount Charleston, and not seeing the traditional accumulation of snow that we're accustomed to seeing uh, at this time of the year. It's been a very sparse uh, uh, skiing season thus far. Well, as I said, Andy, uh, no umbrella necessary this week, but uh, best of luck to you. I hope the ball bounces your way this week, and we'll look forward to visiting with you next week here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Thanks, Mark. I wish you, Victor, and again, of course, all the listeners, the best of success this weekend. That was Andy Isco joining us from Las Vegas with the Vegas Vibe. And don't go away, guys, when we're back with more here for the final segment on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. If you haven't seen Andy Isco's The Logical Approach Football Newsletter, then you owe it to yourself to download this week's newsletter in time for the football games this week. Check out the new issue every week at TheLogicalApproach.com. See what winning football information is all about at TheLogicalApproach.com. We're going against the spread with Mark Lawrence after this. Attention sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need, guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in Apple and G as in games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. To put a final spin on this week's show, let's do what Mark does best, his awesome, awesome angle of the week. All right, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week on the football show this week in college football, and we call it 2020 Vision. What we're looking to do is to play against any college football home team coming off a straight-up win as an underdog of 20 or more points if the home team is seeking revenge. This play-against situation in a letdown off a big, huge monster win has seen these teams, by playing against them, go 30-10 and one against the spread. That's a 75% play-against angle. This week we'll play against Rice the Owls off their monster win over Marshall last week for our 2020 vision. Awesome angle play on the football card this week. And with that, I'm going to hand it over to Victor King from King Creole Sports to find out exactly what Victor's got on tap this week and... Victor, your complimentary play, if you will, if you would do the honors. We don't have a big one this week, but our, of course, college football and NFL over-unders will be posted at the playbook.com website by Thursday evening. And before I get into Tuco's team total of the week, we've got to conclude our little quiz. I don't know whether you had an answer or not, Mark, but the two losing teams in the NFL who have actually scored more points than they have allowed. Did you want to take a guess or two? I was... I was going to say San Francisco, but I don't think they're there. I would say that the uh, losing teams in this particular role uh, might well be the Washington Redskins, who are playing a lot better than their record indicates because they're coming on here of late, and maybe the Atlanta Falcons. They're playing some really good football as well. Old habits die hard, Mark. Uh, it would be the Washington Football Club. Oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're absolutely right. At, but despite their 5-7 and seven record, they've outscored their opponents thanks to a very, very good defense. And, in fact, the uh, one thing, in my opinion, that separates Washington and the New York Giants from Philadelphia and Dallas is the fact that both Washington and the Giants have easily the best two divisions in that NFC East and they will battle Correct. it out to the end, in my own opinion. 
And guess what? Mark is absolutely right about the Atlanta Falcons. Despite a 4-8 and eight record, they've actually scored more points than allowed this season. And I think Raheem Morris should get some credit or consideration for the full-time job when Atlanta does name a full-time head coach in the offseason. Uh, yes, I know we can throw out, out those losses to the Saints, but Atlanta has played very good ball this, uh, aside from those two games since he was named the interim head coach, uh, particularly on defense, another team that's improving on defense in the second half of the season. So you hit it right in the head, the Washington football team and the Atlanta Falcons, and we'll move on to King's best friend, Tuco. Folks, Tuco comes up with ways each week to win the game in the last few minutes, and he did it again last week. His play was on, uh, his team total was on Green Bay to score more than 28 points against Philadelphia. And we looked good for a while there. But to be honest, Green Bay was stuck on 23 points until late in the game when they were basically trying to run the clock out. And uh, lo and behold, Aaron Jones broke a 77-yard run. Again, when they were trying to run out the clock, Green Bay ends up scoring 30 points. I know you hated that play yourself, Mark, because you were on Philadelphia plus the points who were covering at the time. And somehow Green Bay got that front door touchdown trying to run out the clock. And I'm sorry you didn't win your game, but I got to tell you, Tuco uh, got himself a brand new squeaky toy as he did hit (laughs) the Packers over 28 points. And uh, King's best friend is heading to Sin City this week. And Tuco, for his team total, is going to be playing the Las Vegas Raiders over 24 points as they are hosting the Indianapolis Colts this week in Las Vegas. And, folks, I know the stats, and I know that Indianapolis has a top-five defense on the season. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it one bit. I'm not impressed with their defense at all these days. Those misleading stats were bulked up thanks to a great first month of play in which they allowed only 14 points per game. Year-to-date, 22.8 points allowed. However... Last three games, Colts, 32.0 points per game allowed and over 400 yards per game allowed on defense, and that's the Colts. In the last two seasons, Indy's allowed 30 points per game on the non-division conference road, and we already know that uh, Vegas has averaged a very impressive 29 points per game in their home games this season. Not only that, The Raiders are on the rise as well as they have scored 31 or more points in four of their last five games. And already in this current 2020 season, game nine or greater non-division home teams have averaged 28 points per game when both teams are winning teams or over 500 on the season. The clincher from our database, AFC West division teams have averaged 29.2 versus any AFC South division opponent when the over-under line is 43 or more points. There you have it. Tuco's heading to Sin City. He's playing the Raiders to go over their team total of 24 points. And as I pass it back to Mark, I know he's got a big one going in the NFL this weekend and a fan appreciation weekend as well. I do, Victor. Thank you very much. And once again, anybody wants to hop on board that's interested can join King Creole Sports this weekend simply by logging on at the Playbook website playbook.com for the King Creole weekend of winners this football weekend. You mentioned our five-star NFL game of the month. It'll kick off this Sunday. 
on the heels of that false favorite conference play of the year winner last week. It's all part of a fan appreciation $69 weekend of winners for every football selection I use from Saturday through Monday, including that big five-star NFL game of the month. You can get it by logging on at playbook.com or call my office toll-free at 1-800-321-7777. And just a quick note here before I get to my complimentary play on the card, our good friends at mybookie.ag are still yet offering throughout the holiday season an opportunity to get up to $1,000 sign-up bonus when you log on at mybookie.ag and use the promo code PLAYBOOK. That's up to a $1,000 sign-up bonus at mybookie.ag. You can call them toll-free to take advantage. The number is 1-844-866-BETS. That's 1-844-866-2387 to qualify for your up to $1,000 sign-up bonus at mybookie.ag. And with that, my complimentary play on the football show this week will be a non-conference game, a rare non-conference game scheduled this late in the football season with Louisiana Tech taking on TCU a matchup of two football teams that are knocking on the bowl college football door, 5-3 and three, Louisiana Tech, taking on 5-4 and four, TCU. Coming into this contest here, we catch TCU off uh, their big upset win over Oklahoma State last week in a letdown role here. I'm going to call this out right at the top of this, this little bit of analysis. Gary Patterson from TCU, who I love dearly as a coach, but he has also some Achilles heel type roles. This is one of them. When his football teams play in games after he pulled an upset the week before, he's just 3-13 and 13 against the spread, are the Horned Frogs under Gary Patterson, including 0-12 to the spread in this role when laying three or more points. In Louisiana Tech, the Bulldogs, they're coached by Skip Holtz, oftentimes, as we mentioned in the Playbook newsletter, the best college football underdog coach, 54-28-1 to the spread, including 8-1 to the spread, taking points against opponents coming off a straight-up underdog win. It all fits like a glove with Louisiana Tech, and we'll play them plus the points against TCU for our complimentary play on the show this week. And with that, I'm going to thank our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports as we put the final wraps on the show. Also, our good friend Andy Isco joining us from Las Vegas from TheLogicalApproach.com. And until next week, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always.